What about the women who want babies now and in 10 years will not be able to have babies? Rather impractical, don't you think? Oh, John, you do ask hard questions. I should think that instead of being impractical, it is really very practical and intelligent and humane. And I'm Yasmin. And this is the Mixed Feelings Podcast. Welcome back to another episode. Welcome. Yes, this week we're talking about something so exciting. Is it? I think so. Okay, what is it? So, first of all, Kaya, I want you to get ready. All right, I'm, I'm, wait, hold on. Stretch. Okay. Yep, get ready. We're going to get into a time machine. Are you ready? Yep. Whoa, look out. Oh, shit. What is that? Richard Pryor. Be careful. Uh, I'm okay. <laughs> and we're going back in time to episode one. Oh my god. I did not know that that's where you were going with that. <laughs> so we're going back to episode one, um, where we briefly, very briefly talked about Planned Parenthood's potential racist extermination of black people. <sighs> yeah. Okay. Um, so I did a little more research into that. Ooh. What you got? Well... <clears throat> it all starts with the Ben Carson moment. My fave physician, Ben Carson. Yes, we love a Ben Carson. We love him. Well, you know, I, maybe I'm not objective when it comes to Planned Parenthood, but, you know, I know who Margaret Sanger is. And uh, I know that she believed in eugenics and that she was uh, not particularly enamored with black people. And And one of the reasons that you find most of their... Uh, clinics in black neighborhoods is uh, so that you can find a way to control that population. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So what I, first of all, we need to fact check Ben Carson. Okay. Because Fox News won't do it. Mm. Mm -mm. Um, So 60% of all known abortion clinics are actually placed in majority white neighborhoods. Ah, okay. So... What he was saying about them mostly being in black neighborhoods is not really true. It's not really true, yeah. Um, and then the rest of this episode is basically going to be one big old Ben Carson fact check about <laughs> Margaret Singer. <laughs> but that was just like the first quick one. Let's just put that out there. That is a myth. Okay. So who is Margaret Singer, though? She was basically the mama of the birth control movement in America. Okay. She coined the term birth control. And she was the founder of Planned Parenthood. Oh. Yes. Now, Margaret Sanger was a eugenist. And she's a white lady. And she's a white lady, yeah. Yes. And all of those things are super important to the story. Yeah, wow. First, let's define eugenics. It's a Greek word. comes from you, which means good. And genos is like race, stock, or kin. So, like, basically good old genes. Okay, well, I just, a couple things. One, 
why is Ben Carson talking about this, first of all? Oh, this is, <laughs> yeah, that's a wonderful question. Um, people have been using Margaret Sanger and Planned Parenthood um, as a pro-life weapon. Mm. They're basically saying that Planned Parenthood is targeting black women and trying to essentially, like, prevent them from having babies and procreating. And I remember it was in November of 2017. I was walking through Blagan Hall here at the University of Minnesota. Good old Blagan. And I saw this sign. Will you, will you read the poster for the people? Hashtag socket. Oh, no. To pee? Yeah, socket to play impairment. Oh, gotcha. No, describe, like, the image and, like, the, those words. Okay, yeah. Very specific on the, <laughs> on the way you want me to do this. Okay, <laughs> so there is a Confederate flag on the left side of the picture, and on the right side is the Planned Parenthood symbol. And then underneath those two, it says, which symbol killed 90,000 black babies last year? Shut I'm going to chuck your phone at the wall. <laughs> what? What? Join the Socket to Planned Parenthood rally Wednesday, November 8th at 12 p.m.? What? Yeah. And I saw this on November 9th. What? So, who has a rally at noon? Right. <laughs> People who have a lot of time. Wow. Okay, this is all making sense now. Okay, I'm on your way if I'm on your way. Yeah, so basically people on the right will use it as a weapon, and then people on the left will kind of water down that history of Margaret Singer. Wow. Yeah, because if you go onto the Planned Parenthood website, they have an entire little area of, like, damage control on their founder. So it's like, here are the facts about Margaret Singer. She was a eugenicist, but kind of thing, okay? So... From my research, I try to go on, you know, like, both sides Mm -hmm. to kind of figure out this whole Planned Parenthood thing. Are they trying to prevent black women from having babies? Right. What's the real realness on that? The realness is I don't fucking know. Great. (laughs) (laughs) But I did learn some really interesting stuff, and I think that you can come to your own conclusion by the end of it. Okay. Okay, so like I said, Margaret Sanger was a eugenist. Um, but she differed from, like, explicitly racist motherfuckers from her time, and she said that eugenists imply or insist that a woman's first duty is to the state. We contend that her duty to herself is the is her duty to the state. So, like, it's more of, like, a woman-centered approach. Okay, break that down for me. So... She still believed, like, we need to prevent the Mm feeble-minded, the disabled from procreating because we don't want to have imbeciles running around our beloved country. (sighs) Yeah, so she said, but this is like an individual. And so it's a woman's job to prevent that. Yeah, like on an individual basis Mm. kind of deal. Wow. That's just a lovely thing. I hope y'all listening are just sitting somewhere cozy in a nice couch, nice blanket. Also, sip your tea. Also, side note, I feel like our listeners should be drinking a cup of tea because we are always sipping a cup of tea when we're recording. Yeah, like without fail. Right. So, sip your tea with me. There it is, yeah. This is some heavy shit. It actually really is. It's really interesting. And I do also want to say, because we have to consider this in the context of its time, she was like most politically active during the 30s and 40s, right? She was actually pretty progressive, even racially, for her time. 
This is where I'm just like stuck in a washer, just going back and forth. Yeah, it gets worse. Things go so back and forth. You're mm-hmm. going to be like, oh, maybe she wasn't so bad. <laughs> but And then you're going to be like, wait, but maybe, maybe she fucking was. <laughs> <laughs> Give it to me. I'm ready. Yeah. Okay. So she, surprise, surprise, was pro-life. Okay. Yes. She did not believe in abortions. She thought that they should be considered a crime. So what she was actually interested in was the prevention of pregnancies in the first place. That sounds great. It does sound great. Love that. Yeah, and also educating women. That was like a huge thing for her. She wanted women to feel comfortable with their reproductive selves, to know how their body works, and to feel autonomy over their body. Well, that, you know, makes sense because that's what I think of when I think of Planned Parenthood. Right, right. and I do think that Planned Parenthood is a really wonderful facility. Oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I love going there, even yeah. though the it's lines low-key are really, really long. The hecklers outside are a little bit much. That but is a little bit much, yeah. yeah. Stop coming up <laughs> to my car. <laughs> I don't want your pamphlet. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Um, but at the same time, she was associated with a lot of bigoted people. Ah. <sighs> Um, this is like such a specific thing, but I thought it was interesting because I love just like weird trivia. Mm-hmm. Um, did you read The Great Gatsby? Of course. You remember the antagonist Tom? Yeah. And you remember how he was reading a book? Um, it was called The Rising Tide of Color Against White World Supremacy. He like briefly mentions how like colored people are going to take over the, the world. world. And yeah, he's talking about this book. That was Margaret Sanger's homeboy. Oh, my God. The, the author of that book, not Tom. Tom was fictional. Oh, wow. But that book was a real thing, and it was, like, a really popular, like, bestseller around the world, not even just in the United States, but very much based on eugenics. Um, and obviously, people who were, I, who identified as eugenists were usually, like, Nazi sympathizers because... Why wouldn't they be? Yeah, eugenics is what propelled the holocaust you know like that was the fuel to the motor of evil hatred so was she a nazi sympathizer no she actually was anti-nazi what yes she would donate to a lot of like campaigns that were against nazi i think that she even um helped pay for people getting out of concentration camps so yeah she was a humanitarian she was just kind of this eccentric lady and just like low-key chilled out with people that kind of were bad yeah kind of a little bit huh and here's another thing. She actually spoke at a KKK rally to, like, the Women's Auxiliary. Um, what? Yeah. But, be, like, what she said about it, she said, to me, any aroused group is a good group. Okay. So she kind of, you know what? You know what? Break it down. She kind of reminds me of our faith physician, Ben Carson. Ooh, say more. Interesting. That he's up here talking about her being horrible, but kind of, they kind of did the same thing, right? It, yeah, break it like, down, break it down. Just basically being like, oh, I'm progressive, yet at the same time, not, yet at the same time, hanging out with people that are kind of weird, yet at the same time are capitalizing off of hatred because it fits their brand almost. Yeah, I don't, I really don't know what's going on with Margaret Sanger. Like, I don't know if she was a hateful person. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I have no idea. Ben Carson, though, he kind of slow. He's a little bit, a little bit slow. He's a little slow, and I don't understand. He really could have been real. He really could have been a real one for us. But you know, you can't win every time. No, we can't get all the black people, man. Skin folk ain't always kin folk. No, no. But that's good because that diversifies our people. 
Yeah, very true. Yeah. Um, I, okay, yeah. So let's talk about what she did for black people. So she did things for black people? She did a lot of things for black people. For black women. Oh my God. Yes. So first thing that she did is she opened up a family planning clinic in Harlem in 1930. And it was widely supported by like the black residents, activists, ministers of that time. It was featured in the Amsterdam News, which was like a really prominent black newspaper. Um, Even W.E.B. Du Bois was like, hell yeah, we like that shit. So I, I know I've been like pretty confused this whole episode. But I think this is, like, really interesting, and I really appreciate that you brought this to our podcast, because this is hella mixed. It's so So mixed. So complicated. Wow. So, man, it's almost like if we could sit down with her, too, right? Right. Like, what would we, like, what would you ask Margaret Sanger? I would, yeah, just be like, was she doing all these good things as, like, a weird guilt trip? Or did she actually genuinely, like, I'm trying to figure out what the genuine... To me, I think that she genuinely wanted people to take birth control. (laughs) Like, she wanted people to do that. And there's this clip that went around recently that, like, was released from this British archive where she's being interviewed. And she's like, and this was right after World War II had ended, I think. Okay. She's like, I think everybody should stop procreating for 10 years. Mm. Pretty radical. That is radical, yeah. Um, But I kind of see what she was saying because, like, these fucking baby boomers. Yeah. You need to figure that out. They're taking up too much space, yo. Not to... We're not anti-baby boomers. I know. My dad's a baby boomer. We love (laughs) y'all. But I see what she's saying. (laughs) Yeah, no. It is just, like, a huge, like, percentage of our population, though. Not that the millennials aren't. And I already know three generations down, they're going to be saying the same thing about us. They're going to be like, the millennials ruined our economy. Ruined it? Oh. Why the fuck do they care about capitalism so much <laughs> there are no more avocados <laughs> oh dead uh. ass yes so more things she did for black people though she also started this thing called the negro project which i think that that was like a preferred term for black people she started it yeah she initiated the negro project wow. in 1939 with the help of black activists such as du bois himself wow. and a lot of other people that were really important and when she was setting up like these things she really was set on making sure that black people were involved in the process of it so she made sure that there was a black doctor who would reach out and educate black women um she she knew that black people especially in the rural south which is where this project was kind of working Mm -hmm. um she wanted to make sure that they would trust her and trust like the work that they were doing which was essentially just like researching um contraceptive methods and then also educating rural south black women on birth control so not just going in and colonizing well you know i don't know it seems a little bit kind of i think it was very progressive for that time right today i think it would be seen as paternalistic Mm. because at the end of the day to me, it feels like the reason that the Negro Project was started was population control. Because black people reproducing was seen as an economic drain. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. Just a drain of resources. Speaking of drains. Literal drain. <laughs> um, yes. And so now here is the quote. The quote you have all been waiting for. Are you ready for this? This quote can be read in two opposite ways. 
Okay. Okay. So she wanted to, like I said, she wanted to make sure that this project was not solely run by white men. She wanted women to feel comfortable. And the way that she thought that you could do this was through religion because black people have always been very involved in the church. And that is one of the institutions where they have felt the most safe and received education. So what she said was the minister's work is also important and also he should be trained, perhaps by the Federation, as to our ideas and the goal that we hope to reach. We do not want word to get out that we want to exterminate the Negro population and the minister is the man who can straighten out that idea if it ever occurs in any of their more rebellious members. Wait, what's the second way of seeing that quote? Well, the first, wait, how did you interpret the quote? <laughs> I interpreted that as let's secretly convince black people that they shouldn't reproduce and make it seem like it's a good thing, but really it's for our own benefit because we don't want them here. I think that the other way it could be read is that we just don't want black people thinking we're trying to exterminate them when really we're just educating them. We're just them. educating them. Oh. Yeah. So it could, like, I've mm. seen it interpreted in both ways. Um, and at mm. first, because, you know, I'm, like, a little bit into conspiracies. Yes. I was very much like you right. when I first read it. Jump the like, gun. Yes. Oh. I was like, oh, my God, yes. She is trying to exterminate black people. Light the pitchforks. Exactly. Do light pitchforks? I don't know. Do yeah. you light them? I don't know. You just carry it. There's always fire. There's always fire nearby. I know. Where's the fire coming from? Hillbillies. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Keep going. Um, but then when I, I read this um, article, actually it was like this entire news project about Margaret Sanger, and it was like to assume that she was exterminating black people and teaching black people to do it to themselves takes away a lot of agency from black leaders, black activists of that time. And it also assumes that black women wouldn't be smart enough to make their own decisions on whether or not birth control was right for them, that they would just fall into this exterminated process. Right. Like we don't know our bodies. Yeah. Mm. Mm. So it's, yeah, it's kind of tough. That is really tough. And now, and I don't know, maybe, like, you listening, too, are also thinking this, like, but Planned Parenthood is great. I don't think that this necessarily is the best um, reflection of Planned Parenthood itself. Right. Because also, like I've been saying, Margaret Sanger, for her time, was very progressive in terms of, like, sexual liberation and... um, race race relations too to an extent even though you know she's a little bit off right white people will probably be a little bit off forever when it comes yeah, to race they can't racism. hit it yeah they right try now. they're close sometimes um but i think that planned parenthood should acknowledge this legacy maybe a little bit more transparently than they have right oh a concept yes but i will say that i've never felt like unwelcomed or targeted by trans or by trans parenthood (laughs) (laughs) by Planned Parenthood um I feel like it's like you know it's really accessible and it's super inclusive so yeah it's tough well then I think this is really more it's not so about Planned Parenthood then is what I'm getting from you but maybe just more about like eugenics eugenic Eugenics as a concept. As a concept. As a concept. Woo! Yes. More about that than about Planned Parenthood. I think so. Because eugenics was widely considered to be scientific. (laughs) 
<laughs> Rewind. <laughs> Eugenics was widely considered to be scientific fact during that time. Ooh. And, okay, this brings me to today. Because, right, like, eugenics is not, it, didn't, it wasn't just a concept back then, right? It's still alive in places now, right? Hell yeah, it's still alive. So, like, what is that, what do you think that looks like? Wait, there's just one more thing. Okay, yeah. <laughs> just, no, you're totally. There's just one more thing. <laughs> you were like debating, is it worth it? Yeah. <laughs> um, I do want to say, okay, so even after like reading that quote in two ways and like mm-hmm. you might have made your decision, but I just want you to also know about this bill that was passed by the Supreme Court called Buck versus Bell which basically allowed the state to conduct um, what is called compulsory or coercive sterilization against the feeble-minded and the disabled um, people. So basically, if the state deems that you, your kind, should not recreate, procreate, um, reproduce, whatever, they can sterilize you with or without your knowledge. Um, And Margaret Sanger liked this bill. Like, she was cool with it. She was like, yeah, I support that. Wait, do you know, quick, real quick, do you know if this is still an active bill? It has never officially been overturned by the Supreme Court. However, um, there was a, like, counter, um, a counter court case, I guess, um, that basically said you can't do this, like, to criminals and you can't do it as a form of punishment because then it violates the Eighth Amendment. Wow. uh, The Eighth Amendment. So... I don't know what its legacy or impact is today, but I do know that it is still technically legal constitutionally. Well, okay. Let me just also take a little bit side sidewalk path to something else that I just read recently is that we're still giving um, vaginal exams to people that are unconscious. Yes. Why? Yes. Medical students are allowed to do that. Why are they unconscious? Because they probably wouldn't consent to it if they were conscious. Oh my god. Yeah. Yes. What? That's so insane. I know. Because like when you say stuff like that, it always sounds like a conspiracy. But also, maybe the world is just one big conspiring, messy black hole. I know. And I I, um, think that this particular bill is wait so by feeble-minded are they i know who are they who are they referring to feeble-minded people really is like anybody you just don't like basically so it's like people who are considered immoral promiscuous um they are uneducated or unintelligent and like the the term is so loosely categorized that Mm. you definitely could apply it based on like your race or racial stereotypes So, since feeble-minded isn't something that's, like, scientifically categorical, it's problematic. This is really interesting because, oh my gosh, this is so interesting. Because basically coercive sterilization is pretty contradictory compared to, um, like, coercive pro-life yeah. situations that happen. Yeah. It's, but it's like basically the same movement almost. Yeah, right? Like it's, so it's, it seems very like, 
like control over body. Yeah. Like controlling the woman, mm-hmm. the woman's body. And specific, specific mm-hmm. women. Yes, very specific women, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was a lot. That was a lot. But I like, th- that wasn't even the topic that I was planning on researching, to be honest. Like, I just kind of wanted to dig in a little bit more to like a comment that I had just made in passing about something I had heard. But I realize now that what I had heard was actually like right wing propaganda almost. Yeah. You know, like in a, a way to pull me as someone who wants to be a black liberationist, pull me in to like a, a yes. pro life argument wow but I caught them you caught it I really am interested to hear too like if any of our listeners have also heard stuff like this you know that that's pretty much like catered to a certain population to fit their agenda still yeah interesting yeah it is because when I was researching Margaret Sanger first thing I googled was like Margaret Sanger racist (laughs) you know just to see what like pops up and obviously Ben Carson popped up but there were so many like pro-life news news news-ish sites I'd say Mm -hmm. because they were more op-eds than Mm -hmm. anything and like videos of people being like Margaret Sanger wants to kill black babies but wow at the end of the day like I said she was an anti-abortion yeah fighter you know like she did not believe in abortion she believed in the prevention of procreating the feeble-minded the disabled and all types of shit that is really messed up like right even though she wants to promote like this autonomy over your body which it, it i i do think she did stay t- true to that but at the same time yeah mm. this also kind of goes back to our not all racists are bad people because Mm. Ain't that the truth sometimes? Mm. You can do some good things and also some pretty shady things. Yeah. I mean, we all do, right? Yeah. I mean, nobody's perfect, yeah. right? So, and that's like what I realized researching Margaret Sanger is like, it's so back and forth, mm-hmm. back and forth. Like, mm, maybe I can forgive her for this offense, but then like I find something else out and I'm like, oh, but like I need to hold you accountable. Oh my gosh. I think that would be a great episode. Mm, stay tuned. Stay tuned. <laughs> huh. Okay, so then can I get back to because I just wanna Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm let's, wondering. Let's yeah, let's talk about it. Yeah. Yeah, like what is what does eugenics look like today then? You know, how can I how can I spot these things happening so that I can, you know, be an intelligent person of life? Right. Well one thing that I saw that I thought was really interesting is like the the rise of genetic uh, what's it called? Pre implantation genetic diagnosis aka designer babies so like when you're basically selecting and choosing which genes you want your baby to have and i know that um have you ever seen my sister's keeper or read that book no but i've heard about it well the daughter was basically born so that she would have the right cells to give to her sister Mm. um, who was dying of cancer Mm. so she was a designer baby Mm. um and obviously that's different than like flat out eugenics but at the same time it's really not because eugenics is all about you good and genos genes good genes and like being very selective about it well yeah because i think like right like we do this in food all Mm -hmm. the time like oh yeah yeah gmos whatever um but i think it's interesting when you like think of it being used in people and like who has the authority to decide what a good trait is 
this is like the playing God thing. And because, you know, you know me, right? Science things. Like, I just am like, whatever. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Make whatever kind of baby you want to make. Yeah. It doesn't matter to me. Your family, <laughs> not mine. I guess. But at the end of the day, like, only certain people have access to that. So. Yeah, that's the thing, right? Because who can afford that? A designer baby. I can't afford a designer bag. Right. Or a regular baby. <laughs> or a regular baby. <laughs> so. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that was so good. That was so good. <laughs> I just want you to know that that was a really good one. Thanks. Um, yeah, and I think, well, okay, opposite, like, side, which is kind of, I don't know how you feel, but, like, what if... You know those people that want to be black, so they do all those things to be black, like change their skin color mm-hmm. through tanning mm-hmm. or even mm-hmm. like plastic surgery mm-hmm. or that stuff? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Is that eugenics? Like in this weird way of like taking like the fetishized parts of mm. usually black women's bodies or women of color's bodies um, and mixing that with the still societal desired traits of a white woman's body, right? So it's like fairer skin, but thicker lips. Yeah. Flat tummy, but fat old booty. Mm-hmm. Straight long hair, but twerking. I don't fucking The know. right amount of wave in your hair. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's just like, I don't know. It's Yeah, it's really weird. That is one thing. Mm-hmm. Or what about like Photoshop even? Oh my gosh. Because you are literally making yourself into the desired version of yourself. Of yourself. Whoa. Well, That's wild. I just thought of that right now. Good. You're on a roll today. Thank you. Wow. Man, so even like you don't need to have millions of dollars to produce a designer baby. You could be doing these things, right? Right. You could. I mean, you won't come out the womb no. like that. You won't come out the womb, <laughs> but you could alter yourself. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. But I guess technically those things aren't truly eugenics right. because it's not coded into your DNA. No. They're not, you're not going to pass those on. Mm-hmm. Right. Genes. Crazy. Crazy so. stuff. But then it's another concept because it's like race is not biological. Right. No, it's not. Uh, and if, oh, you know, I can't even. Oh my gosh. <laughs> this episode got me feeling some type of way today. Right, because eugenics definitely believes that race is biological. It's biological, yes. That is the core of. Of eugenics. Exactly. Does your stomach feel kind of weird? Or is it just my stomach? Um, yeah, it feels a little weird. Just a little bit. Interesting. <laughs> I really want to hear what other people think, too. Like, I really want to know. Because I bet there are other, like, ways that eugenics are happening that are probably a little bit more feasible for the average person. Yeah. Let you us know? know what you think. Yeah. Send us a message on right. Instagram, Facebook. We love getting messages. Love it. Also, we have a new website. Check out our website. Check out our website. It will be linked, and you can send us a message through there, too. Yeah, for sure. Let us know how you feel. Also, don't forget to subscribe through our new website. Yeah, that's an option now. Yes, and you will get emails delivered to you about updates and important blog info, all that good stuff. We're coming hard this season. I don't even think y'all are ready. No, you're really not. Well, that's all I got. We need like a like a little mini debrief after every episode. Yeah. Get us. No matter what you're feeling after this episode, I'm sure you're a great person. So just take that with you. <laughs>
<laughs> Thanks for listening. Uh, see you next week. <laughs>